Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. And guys, what a great few months it's been. The random artists that we've found coming to Atlanta, those sweet panoramic views, and of course, of course, the two-tap checkout system. you got to say it two times because it's two taps. I love that two-tap checkout mm-hmm. system. So cute. Today is the last day that Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then, under the Billing section, redeem code NODUNKS. Once again, that's NODUNKS, all one word. For $10 off your first purchase, that is literally free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year, which is December 31st, 2019, which is today. So make those moves so quick and score last-minute tickets. Get them. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Tuesday, December 31st, the final day of 2019. The final day of the decade. I'm G. Skeets, back from the holidays alongside me, as always. Tass Mellis. Welcome back, Skeets Bob. Hey, buddy. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And last but not least today, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are, just the four of us. Lily, still on his way back. From Lima, though we're, though we're checking the flight tracker, we believe he's already touched down. Oh, it's hmm. a real Dan Gilbert flying LeBron James in situation. Why aren't you hustling to get to the office, Lily? Huh? What's going on? Guys, follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're still on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We're actually going to record a new Beach Steppin' podcast later today, which will drop on January 1st, 2020. We'll have that up on Wednesday. But get your questions in throughout the week. We're back, baby, full-time here now. So keep them coming both through email and hitting us up on Twitter. All right. We got some Is This News fun to play here today. I think we got some top five. That's right. Um, getting to the end of our pick'em results and our pick'em play. But last night, just quickly, we can go over this fairly quick, I think. Some weird results Monday night in the NBA. First off, you had the depleted Wizards, depleted Wizards, beating the Heat 123-105. You had Jordan McRae. Going for 29 points. Jordan McRae won Woboy last night. <laughs> Wild. And a guy named Garrison Matthews. <laughs> Who? Garrison Matthews, an undrafted guard from Lipscomb University? I, in where Tennessee. Is, where in is, Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. That's what you need when you have a mustache, a Lipscomb. <laughs> <laughs> he scored 28 points, Garrison did, uh, in just his 11th NBA game. Uh, but this was funny, especially because a lot of the power rankings had the heat you know, top two, top three across a lot of them, both the Athletic and NBA.com, Schumann's and stuff like that. And here come the Wizards and, and pull off this win. This was one of the weird results from last night. Yeah, we had people getting angry at us because we didn't include the Miami Heat as a winner yes. of the weekend. <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, that's why we didn't pick them because Garrison Matthews and Jordan McRae shot them down. Uh, it was wild to see Garrison Matthews. 
I figured was his first NBA game for sure uh, because I never heard him because I think I'm so smart. I think I know every NBA player. This guy comes out of Lipscomb, and uh, this is his 11th game of the season, as you mentioned. He had no uh, way. Uh, I know. It doesn't feel like it, right? <laughs> Definitely not. Career high of six points coming into this game. Bom- he wow. shot – what's really weird, a guard shot 12 of 13 from the free throw line. He shot – he had 12 free throws to, to make up his yeah. 28 points. That's weird. 12 free throws and four threes. Some deep threes, some unconscious yeah. oh, threes. We got to go over to Lee Ellis's house and ask him about this guy <laughs> knocking down all these free throws, making threes. This is the perfect Lee player. I Googled this guy's name for a joke. Still botched his name. There's only one T in his last name. Oh, not the double Matthews, T. Not the double T. Eh? Of all the weird things from this game, though, I would say I was most shocked that Jan Mahinmi went for a career high 25. The guy had never scored more than 19 points in a game. I just would assume, you know, like playing with John Wall for years and years. He got 10 drop-offs in the paint that were a dunk or something like that. But uh, Jan Mahimi hit a three-pointer last night. John Schumann called uh, Wizards basketball the highest-level pickup basketball that you could play. And it really feels like that. But it was uh, fun and quite strange to watch. Yes, uh, and I'm glad you pointed that out, Tass. I saw, I listened to the podcast that you guys did yesterday doing uh, sort of winners and losers from the holiday break. you know, for the most part on the weekend, but the holiday break and not showing love to the heat. And I saw you, you angered that man named (laughs) awful takes on Twitter (laughs) who went in on you guys, how you didn't show any love to the Miami heat, but then they turned around and lost to the wizards. That, that uh, unfortunate there. Other crazy results. The Hawks beat the magic to end their 10 game losing streak and no Trey young in this. You had a guy named Brandon Goodwin who he had a career high 21, Alex Len 18 and 12, um, and, uh, you know, again, the Hawks snapping the losing streak without Trey Young, and they were down big, came back. Orlando had, you know, Orlando's a, a bad team, but they had been good against bad teams, even worse teams. They were 11-3 heading into this game against sub-500 teams before this loss. So the Hawks off the, off the skid there yeah, with getting they, that one. Uh, they've got seven wins now on the season, and two of them have been against the Orlando Magic. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, you had a guy in Brandon Goodwin sort of filling in uh, a little bit for Trey Young coming off the bench, uh, playing a lot of point guard minutes along with Kevin Herter who started sort of as the de facto point guard Trey Young was loving it from his couch tweeting about Kevin Herter in the fourth quarter uh Brandon Goodwin 21 off the bench 18 off the bench for Alex Len Ooh. yeah you know those are big numbers and we saw 80 points in the Washington Wizards game off the bench from their bench which is a you know, franchise record I, I assume that's a franchise record for a lot of teams these NBA players can play doesn't matter where you're coming <laughs> from if you're coming off the bench or not and then finally you had the shorthanded Timberwolves rallying uh, past the Brooklyn Nets, 122-115 in overtime. They were down, the Wolves were, they were down 9, 89-80, uh, excuse me, and they came back, they went on a 9-0 run with this lineup. Shabazz Napier, Kalan Martin, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, Culver, Covington, and Gorgie Jang, who also hit a corner three. Oh, yeah. A bomb in this a one. clutch corner three. Yeah, um, so that was tied, they went on a 9-0 run, they tied things up, and then uh, they pulled it out in overtime it had a really weird ending this this one too this game was crazy if you saw the highlights of this one between the wolves and the nets and the wolves were without by the way carl anthony towns or andrew wiggins the nets without Kyrie irving of course but did you see jordan bell like there was like 0.2 seconds left the nets have a chance i mean it has it's gonna have to be a tip crazier things have happened jordan bell jumps up to defend it he's on the wolves and he puts his hand through the rim Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of bodies around the rim and, you know, the, the clock goes off. Okay, we're going to overtime. And they looked at it, I believe. But I guess either I, they didn't feel like it needed to be overturned because it's not a shot. 
because it's a pass true. from the inbounds. It's a dead ball. I, it's, I don't even know what the true ruling is. I guess they maybe got it right. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, he, I think you they see got his it, hand right? come through, though. There was nothing to look at because, I mean, the ball was tipped first. There's no shot. There's no goaltending because it's not a shot. Right. And then I thought, well, what if it's a tipped on the floor towards the rim and then Jordan Bell, which, right. which is what happened. Jordan Bell sort of reached up, grabbed the rim. Is that goaltending on a shot attempt because it became a shot <laughs> a attempt? On a tip, yeah. Yeah, and that's what they were looking at. But really, there <laughs> was no shot Good thing Chris attempt. Paul wasn't there because he was the guy who got busted by Chris Paul for having his jersey untucked. Surely Chris Paul would have had the rules down, Pat, <laughs> yeah. got in the ears of the ref and somehow got a free throw. But I, think, I, think, I think it was right because the time expired yeah, after the tip. It was just strange but, to see. Yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, if it's a tip, it's a sh- Okay, bye. Yeah, but I mean, look, the Nets still <laughs> lose this. Uh, without The Wolves playing without their superstars and with a crazy lineup, and they get it done. So, yeah, insane, insane results. Uh, on the on the Monday night in the NBA, it's Keelan Martin, or Ke- uh, Keelan, Keelan, Keelan. I want to say Keeline Pie when I see that name. It's Keelan, <laughs> Keelan. Thank you. Hmm, speaking of pronunciations, it's Lipscomb. Okay. Lipscomb, not okay. Lipscomb, not Lipscomb. Lipscomb, different thing. Uh, We're Keelan, here. though, according to Basketball Reference, Keelan Martin's nickname is Baby Shack. What? That's so funny you said that because when I was doing Woe Boy and looking at Jordan McRae and I got over to his basketball reference page, his nickname is Orange Mamba. <laughs> what? Very cool. <laughs> Where are these coming from? I mean, we've been tracking the basketball reference nicknames for a long time, uh, but Orange Mamba doesn't necessarily <laughs> add up to me for Jordan McRae, and Keelan Martin is listed as 6'5", 235. How is that shackish? Yeah. At all? I don't know. And I also... I, I know we're like going back and forth mm-hmm. here, but McRae number fifty-two. I don't like that on, a, on a, like a point guard, shooting guard. It just makes you seem like a big guy to me. Fifty-two is a is a weird number. Wasn't there to me for a guard? It is for a skinny guard at that. I know he's like six five. I guess he's a taller guard for he's a point guard. A, he's but very skinny. Actually. Yeah, but fifty two. He just made, immediately makes me think of a big dude. I don't know uh, maybe why. maybe his nickname should be Baby Shack. Yeah, let's flip him. I like that idea. <laughs> Martin, you are now uh, Baby Shack. Is that what it was? <laughs> yep. All right. Or, or do I have it backwards? Yeah, you have yeah, it backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm rusty. I'm Baby rusty. Mac. All right. So weird results there. <laughs> hey, big big win for the Suns though. Uh, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre Jr. Who is still very hot in my books. Thank you very much. Um, Helped the Suns rally from 19 down. They were 19 down to come back to beat the Blazers in Portland 122 uh, to 116. A a huge win because these teams are, you know, in a very, 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 very early playoff race, the Suns and the Blazers. Um, But the Suns right there, I think, what are they um, here as of, of Tuesday? A game back? From the Spurs, who are suddenly in the eighth seed. It's Spurs in the eighth seed at 13 and oh. 18. Phoenix is 13 and 20. A terrible record, right. but they're still in the mix. And I mean, an under 500 team is getting into the playoffs in the Western Conference. Yeah, so, I, think so. I mean, you would think even the Warriors are out of it. We talked about it for a second yesterday, but they have nine wins. That's four wins fewer than the Spurs right now. Yeah. If uh, they're able to hang around, they're playing a little bit of defense. I suppose they could get in the mix, and then we have what? Eight teams vying for one spot in the Western Conference. Uh, clearly, that won't happen uh, once everything actually shakes yeah. out and teams start losing and stuff. But Phoenix looked good last night. I love to see Kelly Oubre hitting those threes, blowing a kiss to Tass Mellis after yeah. the insane <laughs> diss last night. But oh, come on. It wasn't a diss. It's also a compliment in <laughs> yeah. the same breath. That's a good point. That's a good point. And honestly, if you look at those two guys, it's like – 
Uh, Kelly Oubre and Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. and Kelly Oubre. Michael Porter Jr. is way more of a Tass-looking guy, and (laughs) Kelly Oubre Jr. is way more of a Trey-looking guy. So I'm I'm pretty cool with it. I just wanted to get Michael Porter Jr. in the show, and I didn't know how to talk about his (laughs) basketball ability, so I just talked about how good-looking he is and how he – you know, he came onto the scene with the, the big sort of Rock, I'd call them the rock sunglasses, or uh, like that—that that was yeah. his look, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. the big windows, like the huge, huge chunkers. I'm not into it, um, but you know, I always give everybody a second chance. I wore sunglasses like that once upon a time. They're ugly, they're gross, uh, but he deserves a second chance. <laughs> I think we all wore really ugly, either glasses or sunglasses at some point in our lives. Mm-hmm. At the oh, age man, we are, yeah. there are some brutal <laughs> photos of me out there, specifically uh, reading, like, uh, not reading glasses, but glasses, glasses I wear. They're like, who, wh- why did somebody allow me to walk out of the store wearing these? Oh, there wasn't cool glasses No, back you're then. right, you're right. <laughs> when did they start making cool glasses? I would say <laughs> a decade ago. I think we were a decade too soon. When it came to, to eyewear. I've got, I've got, I still have my really ugly ones. Oh, find them, please. Uh, that was a bad, bad loss for the Blazers, too, because they are trying to make the playoffs. CJ called it terrible loss, um, you know, because they were up big and Lillard was rolling in the first quarter, and then they give this one away. But nice comeback there. And I love the – the those were very um, Lee Ellis-like Corver kisses that Oubre Definitely, was yeah. giving to the uh, Portland crowd after he hit that three to put them up six with about 45 to go. Yeah, it was uh, a love-hate relationship Kelly Oubre said that he has with the uh, the Portland crowd. They're all over him. His career-high seventh three-pointer, I believe that was. He hit seven in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just got, it was a cool performance. On the road, they had lost 11 straight to Portland overall. And... They just, they stole this game at the end, yeah. and, and I like DeAndre Ayton's tip in there with about three minutes left. He came off the bench for the Phoenix Suns, had missed a couple, came back from the uh, suspension, played, missed a couple games, and yeah, he didn't have an incredible game, but they just they just, they just stole the game. They they yep. went into Portland and they stole it. And usually Portland's good against the sub five hundred teams, but you went through the teams at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture, Trey. I just, everybody's in it. Everybody's in it. Even the Atlanta Hawks have the worst record in the East. I think everybody's still still in play. I think the Hawks could make the playoffs. I don't care. My just goodness. a simple seven-game winning streak, and they're right there. Yeah. Well, we don't need to look at the bottom of the standings for this next team very quickly here. The the Bucks got their 30th win on Monday night. Though Giannis, he's not, he's not happy with it. Uh, Giannis, following Monday's 123-102 victory over the Bulls, said, quote, it's definitely surprising that we won 30 games before January, and it's cool but we can always get better. Um, I do like seeing this, hearing this from Giannis. Middleton sort of had similar comments after the game, echoing this idea of, like, who really cares about our 30th win? This team is, they know that it all is going to come down to the playoffs and going very, very deep. And, yeah, they win 60, 65. Maybe they're even flirting with 70. Who knows? They're on pace, I guess. Um, Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. The question will be, when do we get to the, do they have a playoff gear question? A question about a question. Mm. Because, I mean, they won a ton of games last year. They're going to win a ton of games this year. And until we see them blow teams out in the playoffs and go to the finals, it's going to be, can they turn it up a notch? Because we've seen with the Bulls years ago, we saw with the Hawks, you can be a great regular season team. You can stack up wins, but you got to be able to take it somewhere else. Yeah. In the next uh, in the next stage of the game, and that'll be guys like Eric Bledsoe, Dante DiVincenzo has been pretty good. Uh, I think he wasn't 
really doing much of anything last night. He only had two points, but he's still a solid player, a little Delonte Westish uh, in his game. So we got to see, we got to see them really show up in the playoffs yeah. because uh, they know it. Going now, they're going to have the number one seed for the entire playoffs. So use it. I'd say uh, a stat that kind of lends itself to that sort of conversation is that they're thirty and five. They're eighteen and zero against sub five hundred teams, but twelve and five against teams five hundred or better. And I, and I start to think, does that mean anything? Does twelve and five against teams that are good teams in the NBA does that mean anything? Does that mean they're not taking care of business against the great <laughs> no teams? No way. That's a great record. Still, it's good. It is good. <laughs> oh no, no, that's a great record against good teams, twelve and five, and yeah. then just literally never losing to the crap teams. Yeah, it yeah. means it means they're awesome. Um, yeah, they've lost to the Heat, the Celtics, the Jazz, the Sixers on Christmas Day, and the Mavs without. Luca. Okay. That time, so solid yeah. teams. Yeah, they're good. They're I, good. It was nice for them, of course, to get Eric Bledsoe back in the lineup because he had 15 points in 16 minutes. Uh, he had missed the past eight games, remember, with that sort of fracture of the fibula there, the avulsion. Um, but you see the difference he does make to this squad. I think defensively, that's a no-brainer. He's always been a really, really good defensive point guard, and then he gives him a little bit more pace. He he just he's I think they were calling him the Ferrari of the team, uh, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> I don't really think of a Ferrari when I think of Bledsoe, but he is one of the quicker guys at pushing the ball up the floor for them, and that just gives him another little wrinkle to sort of get those trailing threes and stuff like that and get into the rim. So it was nice to see him come in and have a pretty good first game. Yeah, we talked about it on Monday's show when, uh, who was that Twitter user got mad at us? Hot takes? Off, awful takes. Awful takes. Yes, awful, awful at takes. awful takes. That we were talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and how they had a good Christmas Day game against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they took care of business. Trey brought up that the people or the play, type of player that really can beat up on the Sixers, that can really show their weakness, is a, a shifty guard, as you put it, and Eric Bledsoe could or may not be that guy right. that's the question is he going to do it in the playoffs right. because from that guard spot you might be rotating in Bledsoe George Hill DiVincenzo and are they going to produce uh when inevitably they take the ball out of Giannis's hands if if yeah. it is the Sixers if it is Embiid's big body getting the ball out of his hands somebody on the perimeter's got to be very good and uh cannot wait to see if Bledsoe can do it all right let's get to a little is this news Oh, our first one is a doozy from Bleacher Report. It reads, Carl Anthony Towns trade rumors, Warriors monitoring T-Wolf Star's situation. Is this news? Oh. This is news because it means a lot of GMs are listening to the No Dunks podcast, hearing Lee Ellis talk about how upset Carl Anthony Towns must be because this is more along the lines of everybody else trying to drive the Wolves and Carl Anthony Towns apart. Ethan Strauss's report on The Athletic is that other teams, GMs, think that Carl Anthony Towns is unhappy. So, of course, the Warriors are monitoring, but it's literally just the Lee Ellis take here of the team is struggling. They should be better. Towns has been there for a while. He must be unhappy. Yeah. Um, The guy, though, is in the first year of a five-year deal. So, unless the Timberwolves are as dumb as they have been in the past, (laughs) unless they bring back David Kahn, I think they've got a little bit of time to wait on this. Yeah, there's no way they're trading him. And the guy who's in charge now is Gerson Rosas, who's been around the the league. But this is his first year as Timberwolves president. And, yeah, he was with uh, the, the the Rockets. And, and now he is a well-renowned guy in the front office that is not going to give up an incredible player. He can't. I'm sure as soon as he took this job, he thought about trading Andrew Wiggins. And that Wiggins island stay for everybody lasted 
a good three weeks. Bye bye. Uh, it's no more. But Wiggins has this year and plus three more, and I'm sure that's the guy that they're trying to trade. But I think, you know, the the, the all the insults and all the vitriol is going to be thrown at Carl Anthony Towns because of this one report that he's unhappy when everybody's going to say you're 24. You, your team lost 11 in a row, most of them with you yep. on the floor. You win some games. You win some basketball games. So that's what's going to happen. But it, to me, it, it feels like the early stages of Anthony Davis in New Orleans where, like the Boston Celtics were watching, were yeah. monitoring the situation for years. And then a couple of years later, he did get traded. And, and so it's too early. It's a couple of years down the road, I would yeah. say. Yeah, this is why this is really not news. It's like... It is aggregation at its worst, or at its best, I guess, if you want to flip it around. Because Ethan Sherwood-Strauss on The Athletic, yeah, he's talking about the idea that, yeah, okay, GMs think Towns is unhappy. Well, I would be unhappy, too, if my team stunk, and we should be much better. But then Strauss, at the end of that, he had added that Minnesota's desire to acquire D'Angelo Russell from the Warriors. Remember, that's been a rumor for a Mm -hmm. long time since Towns and Russell are close friends. That the Warriors have a differing vision uh, to quote Strauss's article there, of a potential trade. So that makes you suddenly think, whoa, 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 they're monitoring him. They have a different opinion of Russell going there. That means Towns maybe is coming back. Because this article, too, from ESS is about these these young guys on the Warriors suddenly getting some wins here that maybe their their asset base is like a little competitive now and other teams could be looking at being interested in some of these players, some sort of package deal, a pick, and then Pascal and uh, another name I'm going to butcher, yeah, Alan Smilagich, something like that. You guys know who I'm talking about. He was dominant in the G League. Anyway, you put all these little <laughs> things together here, maybe with Russell, <laughs> and then suddenly oh, the Warriors are getting another star to then pair with Curry and Clay. But come on, the, Towns is not going to be that guy. Uh, he's just not because you said it. They haven't signed until 2023, 20, 2024. Maybe three years from now if the Wolves are still in 13th spot in the West – then yeah, maybe we could. Uh, we'll, we'll be coming back to this and circling back to this. Not now. He's the guy to monitor because every player who is on a contract who could be upset is a guy to monitor. It's just like everybody here. They know the contracts. Bob Myers knows probably every single contract in the league. Who wouldn't want to have Carl yeah. Anthony Towns? He looked pretty happy last night when Gorgie Jang hit that three. Yeah. And he was just screaming at the top of his lungs with his turtleneck on. Uh, he had so, cool yeah. eyewear on. <laughs> he did have cool <laughs> eyewear, yeah. He had cool glasses, not ugly glasses. But I thought he's they, I the thought right they were kind of ugly. <laughs> oh, well, and he kind of had a, a lay-flat necklace as well. Yeah. Like that was, it <laughs> the was, turtleneck too, right? Yeah. yeah, and then a big necklace underneath I have questions about that. Uh, we should be monitoring that situation. Uh, the guy that I guess was being monitored, who is also linked to Carlton Towns until the Suns sort of improved, was Devin Booker as well. You know, the very, very similar mm-hmm. situations. I think that would be more of a situation to get into the speculation that would intrigue the Wolves a little bit more, some of their parts, whether it be DeAndre Ayton potentially coming back. Right. Or Kelly Oubre coming back for the, the Wolves rather than the Warriors who have, yes, Smilagich that no one has heard of. Let's, let's, uh, Alan Smilagich, he G was for the G League, League dominant. G League dominant. Super, super young, too, isn't he? Super yeah, young, yeah. He played. The he played. Guy in the NBA. Yeah, he was, he was, I guess he was the youngest player in the G League. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then he was drafted from the G League, one of the th- only three players to ever be drafted in the NBA draft from the G League, hmm. and Eric Pascal, But they don't have enough money to come back. You think about the, the dollar figures. Yeah. You would have to trade Draymond Green probably because yep. there's no other number. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's a three-way deal. This is amazing how this happens, though, because, you know, 
uh, yeah, Lee's been talking about it for months, how unhappy Towns is, so I'm giving the scoop to actually Lee. But, That's right. you know, Strauss then puts the article out and people go nuts, but there are suddenly on Bleacher Report, like, three trade packages from other teams, four Towns. It's like the Hawks with, like, Collins as the main piece and then a bunch of picks. And I think the Nets are in play, like Jared Allen and Dinwiddie and Lavert and a pick. And then you've got the Celtics sending Tatum and Hayward and a pick. You know, like, oh my goodness, doesn't take long. Moves very, very quickly. This is the era of player empowerment and guys can dictate where they want to go. But he's only been in the league four and a half seasons. I think it's too early. Yes. You know? Anthony yeah. Davis got traded after six and a half mm-hmm. seasons in, in New Orleans. Kevin Garnett obviously lasted forever in Minnesota. Yeah, Leonard and, and Mello, they dictated where they want to go, but not four and a half years. It's always longer. Right. And yeah. so it's it's early, I think. Go go and get him a second star, <laughs> a second good, really solid player. Find your own Alan Smilagic. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, and see what can happen. And that's why Gerson Rosas, I bring him up because he's renowned around the league. He can do it, I believe. Next headline from ESPN. Sources. Clippers, Patrick Beverly to miss multiple games. Is this news? No. I this agree. isn't news. I mean, he's going to miss games, and that's tough for the Clippers, but they've got so many good players that maybe it'll be all right for them to figure out a whole new closing lineup that can be centered around Lou Williams. They're two wing guys. Maybe you throw in Mo Harkless if you want him out there at the end. Maybe you need Landry Shamit, a guy who's been hurt to start the season, came back recently. And then whoever your big guy is, most likely Montrez Harrell. Uh, Perhaps the Clippers aren't as fired up every single game, not having Patrick Beverly out there. But I also think the Clippers in general are just taking it slow this season. They're not focused at all in finishing in the first spot. So uh, just a little bit of rest and uh, recuperation for Patrick Beverly. Yeah, it fits into their modus operandi. Just chill out. Kawhi Leonard sits out games. Everybody can sit out games. They're fine being in the three seed. They have an embarrassment of riches, and this is not a problem whatsoever. I think. Well, at some point, though, don't you need all these guys to, you know, put some time in on the floor together? Yeah, right. But, because but they, they haven't had a lot of games with all these injuries with Paul George at the beginning of the season, Kawhi missing games, obviously with load management, uh, Shamit, Beverly. Now it goes on and on and on. But when they do, they win. Yes, and they beat the Lakers. I, I think the they beat them twice, and I think. Everybody is happy in that locker room. They know that they they feel like they can beat the Lakers, and they should because they've dominated them twice. I think the story that's sort of going under the radar is that the Lakers don't have an embarrassment of riches, and I'm sure Rob Palenka is looking for another ball handler, another player. And it's kind of w- weird to say that a team that's in the number one seed doesn't have enough. But to me, you look at those two teams, Clippers have more, Clippers feel confident. And the Lakers are the, are the team looking for a guy. Yeah. I remember some Terrence Mann buzz during <laughs> the preseason. A lot of Terrence Mann talk. Excuse me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but supposedly he was supposed to be a guy they were fired up about, but that's sort of something you hear during training camps. They're like, oh, this rookie nobody's heard of who's going to be a third stringer? He's actually really good. Let's see it. Maybe he is. Mm. Might get some minutes now. Yeah, Beverly injured himself on Saturday, by the way. He took a spill on his right arm while driving against Rudy Gobert. He went right back to the locker room. He underwent x-rays, showed no break. Uh, in the arm and his wrist, and he returned, and he started the fourth quarter, but then he was out there, and he was saying like he couldn't grasp the basketball, um, so they took him out with eight minutes to go, and he didn't return to that game. I, when you see the injury, 
it looks like it's an elbow injury. Like, it looks like it lands on his elbow, and he sort of looks like he grabs for it, but it was the wrist. But, yes, I'm with you guys. Clippers are going to be fine. I just, you know, at some point, they're going to want to get this whole squad going here, really figure out the rotation. You're right. They'll probably be fine once they do, and uh, they don't seem to care at all about really, I'm sure they would like home court advantage in the first round at the very least, but I feel like they're a pretty confident bunch that could go into the road. The road might even be playing at the Staples Center versus the Lakers, so who really cares? But they got a soft schedule over the next week. Kings, Pistons, Grizzlies, and Knicks. So if Beverly misses multiple games, what what's multiple being? I don't know, three, four, five, something like that, should be still fairly easy with a with a obviously a talented roster. All right, final one here. I know you guys uh you slipped this in a little bit on Monday's show, but the Sacramento Bees headline: Disgruntled King Center Dwayne Dedman speaks out. I would like to be traded. Is this news? Yeah, this was when we talked about it. It was a report from the Athletic, yeah. Sham Sharanya. Now. It's Dwayne Dedman's report. Yeah. He's officially <laughs> come out and said it, and he's officially going to be fined. You think so? Yeah. You can't do that anymore in today's NBA. Yeah. It says, you. yeah, publicly requesting a trade, which this sounds like, I guess, uh, whether by the player or a representative, it's a violation under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement. That's from Chris Haynes at Yahoo Sports. He's, he definitely thinks that the league is going to slap probably a $50,000 fine on Dedman here. I guess Dwayne Dedman has the cash signing that big contract yeah. in the offseason. His biggest deal... Uh, I think of his NBA career. Oh, he's making almost as much this season as he's made in his entire career. So, I mean, I don't really understand what he's complaining about. He's not playing for the Kings. Congratulations on not playing for the Kings. Maybe he wants to be traded to play for another team, but he just signed a three-year, $40 million deal after playing for the Hawks for a couple of seasons. It's easy to look good on the Hawks. We just saw Alex Len have a 21-point night, right? Like, there are people who are just going to pile up numbers – you're encouraged to shoot threes when you're playing for the Hawks, and nobody cares if Dwayne Dedman is the guy taking them. So, what is, honestly, what is this guy complaining about? <laughs> well, I, look, he's not—he's literally not playing now because he's racking up the DNPs. He's CDs. racking up the dollars. He, he definitely is, um, but I guess he thinks he's better than that. He's averaging five and four. He's shooting forty-two percent. He can't hit a three. That's a big part. But I, this quote from him, I like had to do the eye emojis on because I couldn't believe it. This is Dedman. He said, I'm not the only person struggling with my shot. So if that's a factor, then it's kind of crazy. If you're not allowed to shoot through your slumps, I don't know how you're supposed to make shots. So it's not the second part. Like, you've heard that before, that cliche of like, how am I going to shoot out of this shooting slump if you don't let me keep shooting? But he literally was saying, hey, the rest of the team sucks too. Harrison Barnes has been pretty (laughs) bad. Buddy Hill's been pretty bad at times. Well, they kept shooting. They kept getting minutes. What about me? What about Deadman, man? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about Dwayne? Yeah. uh, Very weird, though. The guy didn't make a three-pointer in his career until he got to the Hawks. Then he made a bunch of them because the team wasn't interested in being very good. So uh, if you want to play a lot, go to a worse team and make less money. I don't know what the solution is here. He was unhappy when he was sitting on the bench in Atlanta when he got to shoot all he wanted. He's unhappy now that he's making a ton of money and he doesn't get to play. Dwayne Dedman, maybe he's just a mad guy. Yep, and he scared Lee Ellis when we saw him <laughs> on the right. bench. We had up close and personal seats on that to that Hawks bench, and Dwayne Dedman was very angry. And maybe yeah, he's maybe some trouble in in a few of the locker rooms. That not yep. not to speculate, but there was a reason I guess the Hawks let him go because as we talked about yesterday, he would be perfect on the Atlanta Hawks in terms of his skill set because they need somebody to play defense and they need a starting center essentially to to be a bit rough and tumble. Uh, but Dwayne Dedman. I guess he doesn't have a guarantee in the third year of that deal. Uh, you know, that three-year, $40 million deal you said, Trey, so it's $13 bucks. Maybe he thinks he's got to get on the floor to guarantee those dollar-dollar mm-hmm. yeah. bills. Yeah, 
That, it's possible. But the other part of this whole thing is Rashawn Holmes has played great for the Kings, so he's taken a lot of his minutes. And then, he has played great. And then the Kings are like, of course, when Bagley is there, you, you've got to give him minutes and see what you have with him and try and develop him. I mean, Well, that was the, the whole issue with them signing all yeah, these guys. Yeah. Dwayne Dedman, same with Trevor Reza. Same with Corey, Corey Joseph, Joseph. To, to some extent, yeah. but, you know, Trevor Reza taking away Bogdan Bogdanovich's minutes, and injuries helped Bogdanovich get into the rotation. Right. You're just taking away minutes from guys who could be good. Harrison Barnes is the same situation. That's the that's the issue. It's And you're going to get some unhappy players. All right, we got some top five fun. we got pick em results still, but first, we're from our sponsors. What a time to be alive thanks to science. Polio? Eradicated. Smallpox? Get out of here. Erectile dysfunction, still a thing, but treatable. (laughs) Only one problem. It's not easy to talk about. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash NoDunks and complete an online visit. That's GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash NoDunks. As I mentioned, we'll be dropping a brand new Beach Steppin' podcast tomorrow, Wednesday, January 1st. We're going to be recording that one a little later today. So I thought to get us in the mood here, guys, we could tackle a quickie here from Roe. In Scarborough, Ontario, okay, he writes, Roe does, who are the five best teams of the decade, dot, 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 to not win a title? Let's exclude teams like the 73-win Warriors and the 2014 Heat because both of those cores still won championships, all right? That's Roe's rules. And uh, we thought this was such a great question, and he was asking for the five best teams that we had to make it a top five. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Trey, you got this. That's right. Great question from Roe, and I like the stipulation. No teams like the 73 Warriors or the 2014 Heat. Basically, I'm throwing out any franchise that won a title for this top five during uh, the 2010. So, starting at number five, the traditional way, not the Lee Ellis way. At number five, (laughs) the Indiana Pacers. Oh, yeah. Fifth most wins of in the decade of teams that didn't win the title. They went to Game 7 against LeBron in 2013. All that being said, I don't think they beat the Spurs in either 13 or 14. Those were their two best years uh, for the Pacers. But we saw with Perel Antic, the space was a problem for Roy Hibbert. I think they would run into getting spaced out against those Spurs teams that moved the ball a whole bunch. But those Pacer teams, they were very, very good. Paul George... Ascending to superstar status at number four, the Los Angeles Clippers. Third most wins in the decade for teams that didn't win titles. They topped out at 57 wins. The problem for them, injuries, meltdowns. Jared Dudley said they were a bipolar team. They liked each other off the court, hated each other on the court, and couldn't ever get things together. A bunch of front runners is what he called them. This is what Jared Dudley was saying about his own team. Jared Dudley, he likes a spicy take. The other problem, the Clippers were at their best when the Heat were at their best. That's tough. At number three, it's a homer pick. 
the Chicago Bulls. Nothing wrong with that pick. They topped out at 62 wins. Ooh. They had the youngest MVP in league history in Derrick Rose. They had the best record in the league back-to-back seasons, and they beat the Dallas Mavericks twice during the 2010-11 season when the Heat ended up beating the Bulls in the conference finals, then gone, went on to lose to the Mavericks. The Bulls would have beat the Mavs in 2011, but they couldn't get past LeBron. Then in 2012, Derrick Rose blows out his ACL, and that's the end of the Bulls' championship contention. Yep. At number two, the Houston Rockets. Yep. Second most wins of no title teams. They had a 65-win season. James Harden has won an MVP, has been second in MVP voting multiple times. If they go three for 27 instead of 0 for 27, they are in the finals, and they were the second best team in the league yeah, during 2017. Mm-hmm. Tough one for them, but at number one, kind of odd actually because of some of the crossover, the Oklahoma City Thunder. For sure. They had the most wins of no title teams during the 2010s. They have three guys who won MVP on their roster. Right. They have Serge Ibaka who eventually got a championship. They went to the finals in 2012. Everybody's thinking, oh, man, we're going to see this team battling it out for championships time and time again. Never got back. A whole bunch of injuries. Obviously, Durant left eventually. Westbrook is now with Harden in Houston where they're trying to right some wrongs. But uh, you go back and watch those, like, 2010 through 2014 Thunder teams, and they are incredible. Durant was the most fun guy to play with in, like, 2K games because – he was so athletic when he was such a when he was a younger player before he had some foot surgeries before he you know just got older got a little bit slower as we all do. Westbrook was a force of nature. Harden just had some great games in the playoffs but didn't have a ton of huge performances. They just were a little too young and split up too fast. But the Thunder, the early Thunder, they were great and they gave Bill Simmons hundreds of oh, hours of content man. talking about the what if thunder talking takes there they just did a re a sports rewatchables on the book of basketball podcast 2.0 and i have to say it was tremendous oh excellent spurs versus thunder the 2012 series great to go back and uh listen to again yeah and then the injury the next they actually got better after losing james harden then they had a 60 and 22 year that 2013 mm-hmm. oh. year and then russell westbrook got injured by patrick beverly in that that first round against the Rockets. So then they kind of fell apart that playoff. That could have been there. They've then the three one. Oh man. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Love, yeah. The, the, the clay game against them is yeah. uh, all of that. Even I think, I mean, I don't know the 2012 heat were really, really good. Right. Yeah. yeah it's but fine. There to lose was like the no one. call at the end of game two. Yeah. When Durant was going baseline, he got bumped just a little bit by LeBron. They didn't call it. He yeah. misses. And they end up losing one to four, but uh, yeah, I had, don't know if they go up two Oh, that's, oh, a, yeah. that's a different series. Yeah. yeah, I think that's just a product of a team getting to their first finals, playing against a team in LeBron and Wade that have been yeah, there oh, yeah. done that. So they win game one, and then they lose four straight uh, because, yeah, it was just their first time. But I thought 2013, they're coming along, and that Westbrook injury killed them. Yeah, it was, it's strange to see those two dudes, as you said, both MVPs, and then throw James Harden in there, didn't get one. That, that To me, that's the number one one. If the Raptors don't win a title last year – are they are they on that that top five list that you put together? I wonder. Well, you know, I'll take any chance to denigrate the Pacers, so I would surely slot them in at number five <laughs> instead of Indiana. Ooh, Indiana, which... a fraudulent contending team. The only reason they were even in the mix is because Derrick Rose got hurt. Oh, Don't tell me goodness. that Paul George is a real superstar. He's a substitute superstar, oh, but. My God. Mm. 
He's still good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I brought that up uh, to the Pacers fans listening out there. You were so happy. Uh, the Pacer pals. Uh, the Pacers. You know, the only reason I really hate them is because they stole the Bulls' spot because Derrick Rose <laughs> did get hurt and they had a great one-eight matchup early on. But uh, you know, there's a lot of good teams during the decade, but not everybody can win championships. Great yeah. top five. I love that top five. Great stuff there, Trey. I recently saw a top ten dunks of the decade. Paul George against the cool. Heat and that 2013 oh, yeah. I conference about finals. That dunk. The high five. Yeah, the yeah, high five. That yeah, was cool. after LeBron had to give him props, mm-hmm. he had to give props. That was that seemed to be that looked like it was going to be the Eastern Conference rivalry for a long time, you know. Before LeBron said, "No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Yeah. I'm leaving." You know, I, I got to be honest. I, I'm a I'm the type of guy that's always looking forward, right? I don't like to look in the past too much, um, but I have been enjoying this past week or so with these, like best of the decade lists and like like you said Tass, like the top 20 dunks i think nba was tweeting out from the from the decade and plays and stuff you know you're like oh yeah that play that was awesome <laughs> like, yeah it does refresh your memory a little bit because it all sort of blurs together at times i will it. say about jared dudley he came out and, and talked uh, a little bit of trash about the how long did he spend with the clippers was it a year not very long yeah, yeah. and so on the athletic with bill oram he he went through a lot of things jared dudley a very vocal guy yep at the same time there have been other Clippers that kind of want to say some stuff about their times with the Clippers. Like J.J. Redick was on Zach Lowe's podcast. He was, you know, a bit more PC and, and, and kept it to himself a little bit. But there's there's some nuggets of, hey, we should we definitely should have won. And there was definitely uh, some anger within that team. Some guys didn't like each other. Yeah. And a very, very interesting uh, psychological experiment of that team. If everybody came out and told what happened in that locker room, it would be fun to listen to. Oh, definitely. we got to get 30. the stories on that because it seems about 50% of the guys are like, oh, man, Blake Griffin is the worst guy to play with. And the other 50% are, oh, Chris Paul is the worst guy to play with. So if you got two two guys that everybody on your team, somebody on the team hates, yeah. it's not a surprise that things could go south. Uh, I think uh, Reddick said that they were broken after that Houston Rockets comeback. And, I mean, you know, they're all still there together, and every time something would go bad, you would look at that guy and be like, you were the one that blew that lead. I can see how that would fester over over yeah. time. It is, it's wild, though, because it sounds like they were like the, the, the flip of Shaq and Kobe's disdain for each other, right? Like, they made it work on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, right. were, you know, for, from, by all reports, really maybe not the best of friends off the floor and away from the floor, um, whereas it was sort of vice versa there with the, with the Clippers, where – it was a struggle on the mm-hmm. floor, but maybe they were sort of friends, like you said, off of it. Fascinating stuff. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Hey, it's me again. <laughs> tweet of the Night comes from a little account called The Athletic NBA. Mm, heard of it. Follow them. An incredible account. It says, hey, NBA Twitter, let's look back at the last decade. Skeets, you love it. Copy and paste, reply to the Athletic NBA with your answers. What's your team? Their best season, the decade MVP, your favorite player, the biggest moment, and did you win a ring? I was so confused by this survey at first when I saw the tweet because I didn't know if it was like, uh, I guess I didn't realize it was asking you personally about your one squad. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like I was sort of like, okay, who's the, oh yeah, who is the NBA's decade of the MVP? Is it, is it Curry? Is it LeBron? But I'm like, oh no, no, this is like specific to you and you right. only. So I would be filling this out as a Raptors fan. You're a Raptor. Right. Your team, the Raptors. Best season, 2016? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, of course it's 2018-19, but runner-up is 15-16, I think, because that's, 
you know, that was the 56-win season. They beat the Pacers in seven games. They beat the Heat in seven games. Like, oh, my God, watching these games as a Raptors fan. This was going to war, I remember, watching these games and the drama. And then they did have LeBron and the Cavs at 2-2. It was 2-2, and then they got hammered in games five and six. But uh, that would be the runner-up outside of the championship season, yeah. Decade MVP. It's Kyle Lowry? It's Kyle Lowry, yeah. Or is it? Yes. Absolutely. No, it's not. It's DeMar DeRozan. Because if DeMar DeRozan does not play to the level DeMar DeRozan did for a good chunk of that decade, then he has never traded for Kawhi Leonard to the San Antonio Spurs to bring in the mercenary to help Kyle Lowry win a championship. So thank you, DeMar DeRozan, for being just good enough (laughs) to be traded to the San Antonio Spurs. Seriously. If Kyle Lowry doesn't play to his level, Uh, then they stink. Fair. No, <laughs> the entire I'm, I, decade. I'm joking because then the next question is, uh, who's your favorite player? That's Kyle Lowry. That's right. That's a no-brainer. Do you have anyone else in the mix? I think. I think. Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough tough question. I mean, I I'm not I'm not I don't have favorite players anymore. I got to be honest. I'm in the media game now. I don't cheer for teams. But my favorite player, I guess, would be Marc Gasol for a strange reason because they went. To the tr- at the trade deadline, they made this trade for Marcus All. We look at it on paper and, and we say, wow, he would space the floor. He would obviously play incredible defense. He would body Joel Embiid. This looks perfect. And then f- it's basically confirmation bias for me yeah. to see that all play out yeah. in the playoffs only months later is good as an analyst for me. Wow, that's awesome. Cool to see. But also, it just doesn't happen. You trade for a guy and he helps you win a championship the same season. It, it's it's very rare. Yeah, Rasheed Wallace did it with the Pistons, but to have a you trade for a starter and he comes in and plays big minutes, so yeah, he he was a key. Obviously, he shut down Joel Embiid for a lot of that series. The, actually, I'm changing my answer. Decade MVP is Masai Ujiri. Now that you're saying, yeah, all it's this. not bad. Um, but yeah, I, for sure. I, and you, I mean, that, most that, valuable that's a person. Gr- <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's a MVP, most valuable BlackBerry. Um, <laughs> it's cool too because you were a Marcus All fan too. Oh yeah, that's on true. the Grizzlies, and, and I believe you know a lot of people were. Um, so that's a, that is a good one. Next one, what is it? What was the biggest moment? Probably an easy one. Yeah, I mean it's the shot. I would assume it's Kawhi Leonard. Still, still bounce, shocking bounce, bounce, that bounce. it went in. I've been seeing it a billion times over the last week. Joel Embiid should have cut him off, number one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's still wild to see that. And, like, I mean, they don't win that game in overtime. <laughs> I don't think the Raptors win it. <laughs> Who knows? We know it. We'll never know, of course. You never but, need to worry about it, Yeah. But, a, but biggest moment, too, maybe it is good going, like, doubling back on my whole, like, DeRozan was the MVP because we traded him. Maybe it's blowing game one of the 2018 um, Eastern Conference semis. Is that the Valanchunas tip game? Yeah, that's mm. when the Raptors had like literally felt like five chances to win that game. Finally, you know, take that 1-0 lead on LeBron's Cavs and they come up short and then they get swept again. And then that was like, all right, Casey, you're out of here. All right, we're trading, you know, one of our fan favorites into Rose. Like it was like, we can't keep doing this. But the ironic part was LeBron also left the conference. That was the strange part of that whole thing. Biggest moment then sounds like yeah. summer 2018. Yeah, maybe. The trade and the LeBron leaving. Um, biggest moment for me is when I missed my flight for the game that sent <laughs> Toronto to the finals. It was game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. I could have seen it in person. That's the biggest moment for me because I would have been very tired coming back and doing the show, staying up all night. So I'm happy, actually, I missed that. <laughs> and then the final one, yeah, ring. Yeah, yes. damn right. So did, weird. Did your team win a ring? So yeah. weird to put yes to that. The Raptors won a ring this past decade. What would you? Did you fill it out as a yeah. Bulls fan? What do you got? 
The Bulls. Yeah. Their best season was 2011. Their decade MVP, that's a tough one. It's uh, Derrick Rose won an MVP. Yeah. He was their best player they had over that course of time, but Chunky. he basically had two Chunky. great seasons during the 2010s. Joakim Noah, the heart and soul of those teams. But Jimmy Butler was the best player over the course of the decade. So mm. any of those three guys, I would probably choose Noah just for uh, what he meant to Chicago and the affiliation he still has with the team. My favorite player, Noah as well, though. Jimmy Butler is up there. Biggest moment, Rose tearing the ACL. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a good moment, but if you want a good one, how about Nate Robinson, 23 points in the fourth quarter oh. versus the Nets in three overtimes. It was the first round of the playoffs, but it was pretty cool to watch yeah. Nate Robinson go off. And did they win a ring? No. <laughs> 21 years and counting. Wow. Wow. All right. I love that tweet of the night. Let's get to Pick'em Results presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like when you bought that extra bottle on New Year's Eve. Oh, you're going to the club to not actually be in the club. Yeah, that was you. But Cash App <laughs> does way more than that. Cash App is also the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way you can still own a piece of any stock with just $1. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. Buy that Utah Jazz stock now, now, now. We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU. Don't forget promo code no dunks, one word when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Monday's results, it was an important game. It was the Bucks and the Bulls. Bucks had to win by nine points or more. They were eight and a half favorites. That's a, that was a fishy line. I don't, I yeah, don't get it. I heard you talking about it on yesterday's show weird. because you were saying it was starting to drop too. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it went down to six-ish. Weird, weird, but uh, the Bucks. It was a close game at the half, and then the Bucks um, sort of crushed the Bulls in the second half, especially in the third quarter. Yeah, if you throw out that third quarter, though, they're covered. They the Bulls covered. covered, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a dunk fest there, uh, <laughs> certain parts of that game for the Bucks too. Giannis had a couple huge ones, and there was a At one Pat point, Stacey King was just like, Giannis just dunks the ball like it's a Nerf hoop. I was like, yeah. yes. But it happened he had that. Bulls, I know so. which is specifically one he was talking about. I was actually watching the Bucks broadcast, so I didn't hear Stacey King on that call with the Bulls, but was it the one where you, like, he just, like, dropped it in over yeah, his head. Exactly. He almost hit his head on yeah. the rim. He's like, oh, I might as well just dunk yeah, it. Yeah, not the, not the huge one you're seeing in the highlights over, over Zach Levine. There was mm-hmm. another one. And he, yeah, it looked like a guy dunking on a on a Nerf. Crazy. Um, but anyway, myself and Lee took the Bucks to cover the big spread. They won. Won so uh, pretty handily. So that put me to 8-8. Eight and eight. Lee's 9-7. and seven. Tass and Trey had the Bulls. Tass is fine. He's he's in the clear for December with one night left. You're 10-6, and six, Tass. But Trey now seven and nine. So Trey, you are one game behind me. You're gonna have to basically pick against me tonight uh, in order to hopefully tie it up, and then we'll go to a little bonus picking when we get into 2020. What's tonight's game? What's the all-important game here? The Dallas Mavericks at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ooh, Thunder playing well. This line's basically a coin toss. The Mavs are favored by one and a half. Coming off that loss to the Lakers on Sunday where Luka banged on the floor but did come back and play. So he's probably not 100%, but you got to assume he's playing against the Thunder who are balling. They're playing really, really well. And so the line fits the bill. It's understandable why it's a close line. These teams are both playing well. Yeah, Luka, last I saw Luka and Tim Hardaway Jr., 
questionable. So, so who really knows? That was a while ago, I guess. Now, yeah, uh, I assume Tim Hardaway doesn't play. Yeah, but. I think so too. Um, I guess what? So I guess I'll pick first. Yeah, I'm swerving. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. I'm gonna go with OKC. So I'm gonna take OKC at home. They get they get a little bit of points there, so we could lose by one. Um, with the plus one and a half. So you got the maths. Cool. On the road. Love yeah, it. I mean that's a that's a good game to pick here. We had some we got some uh, matinee games on here today. Mm-hmm. All right. The yeah. Day. There's a, a couple of them I know. Yeah. And we need an idea for if I lose this pick and payoff. Oh yes. Got a couple ideas for you. Let me throw them at you. Number one, slappy New Year. <laughs> if I lose it, you come over at midnight. And as it turns from 11.59 to 12, slap me in the face as hard as you can. Slappy New Year! Okay. <laughs> slap you into 2012. Okay. Number two, 2020 vision. I don't know what it means, but now that we've been talking about ugly glasses, I, maybe I just have to wear ugly glasses for the whole month of January. <laughs> wow, I actually... Not You'll month. like that. You'll like that. <laughs> yeah, he would like that. <laughs> but I also don't actually have to wear glasses. So, mm, so I mean, that's the like, weird part about right. it. And number three... Just a traditional game of ice chest. Pop yeah. my shirt off, throw yeah. some ice in my chest, leave some welts, and everybody has a good time. I was thinking ice chest, too, <laughs> as a possibility. Okay, well, if you have other ideas, you still have time to let us know. Hashtag no dunks. Tweet at us at no dunks, Inc. Let us know what we should do for our pick and payoff. Speaking of uh, ice training. chest, I got a text over uh, over the holiday break from Caleb Sines, a friend of the show, who says, we got an annual hang with our big group of bros down here, and I was thinking of introducing that ice net game you all talked about on the pod a while back. <laughs> Are there rules, scoring deals, or is it just what it sounds like? I'm like, just let it rip, man. Yeah. It's uh, very simple. Take your shirt off. Have your friends throw ice at you at whatever distance you feel comfortable with. Watch your eyes. You should be wearing eyewear. Wear some ugly All glasses. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, take that ice. And now it's all the it's depending what ice we're talking about here. That's the mm. big part about ice. Just, we've never played with full cubes. I don't think we've gone that crazy. You know what I mean? Like Because well, well, we've used hotel sort of, ice. Yeah, yeah, they've been shaved sort of cubes, but not like it's shaved ice. What we have played with, yeah. but but I mean more more leaning towards cubes than yeah. non cubes. Well, but a cube has more weight 100%. and would yeah. hurt a ton more. But the hotel ice from the machine—that's like uh, you're throwing like ninja stars at that point because they're very sort of uh, more pointy in a way. You should play with QT ice. That's my suggestion. It's a soft ice, but it's <laughs> but it's fully formed. It's uh, it, it's it would propel itself through the air very well because it's a full cube, but it's not extremely hard. Interesting. It's nice to chew on. I'll tell you that. A lot of decisions with uh, ice chest. I guess when it comes down to it. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for the final show here in 2019. As I said, we'll have a beach step in podcast for you on Wednesday, January 1st. And then of course the daily show back into it on Thursday. Clip of bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember some pregnant women chew ice in order to deal with heartburn. (laughs) Embrace the new year, people. (laughs) You could stay.